I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 21 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Tierney Steele from the Apocalypse Now Minutes. Welcome back to the show, Tierney. Hey, hey, good to be back. I'm very curious to see how you have a Capra-esque podcast. Ooh, well, it's a Capra-esque journey. It's not a Capra-esque podcast. <laughs> well, but what makes it a Capra-esque journey? The things that we must answer for ourselves as we listen to your wonderful podcast. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> so minute 21 begins with Violet asking a question and ends with George and Mary starting to dance. So before we actually get into everything here, what what's your background with this movie journey? So this was one of my grandmother's favorite movies. Well, my so my grandmother was a movie buff <laughs> back when that was before a thing. Um, I don't know what the statute of limitations is. She's no longer with us. So the FBI can't do anything to her. She taped everything off the TV. Wait, that, is that? I don't think that was VHS tape. Is that was that illegal? I don't think that was illegal. Well, I mean, they were for her personal use, but everything said you can't tape this off the TV, and she taped it all. Um, she had hundred an entire bookcases of VHS tapes of things that she had taped off TV, and so I had a wonderful screen filled childhood. Um, we lived in a it wasn't a duplex, but a two-family house with her and my grandfather living upstairs and me, my mom, and my dad living downstairs until my sister came along and then we needed some more space. Um, my first bedroom was originally a dining room, so <laughs> it was not meant to be for a growing family of four, and that was kind of my dad's excuse to not be living with his in-laws anymore. But so for the first seven years of my life, we lived with my grandparents and even after that, we lived across the street from them. So after school, it was like, what do you do? You go over to grandma's and you watch old movies. And I could not have told you at the time which movie had the scene where people are dancing and fall into a pool. But spoiler alert for this week, it's this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to figure that out? Uh, I, I honestly don't know because... Like, I was looking over these, and there are so many movies that it's like, I'm sure I saw that as a kid. I have no memory of it. Or there are others that I watched over and over again. Could not tell you the name of them to save my life. And, you know, just they were just part of the background noise of growing up for me. And so there were a lot of years where I was like, oh, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know that one. I know it's a Christmas classic. I've never seen it. And then I rewatched it with uh, 
boyfriend who was like, oh, I love this movie. Like, you know, it's almost Christmas. Let's watch it. And as we were watching the scene, I was like, oh, my God, I have seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you didn't remember it, so I guess, it, you know, it's 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 one of the, the, the beautiful things that if there's a movie that you don't remember seeing, you don't remember the plot points and things like that, you know, you mm-hmm. can rewatch it and enjoy it a second time almost as much as you did the first time. Yeah, like literally the pool was all I remembered. So um, that's why I asked for the scene. No, um, obviously. But yeah, so, and I've watched it a couple times since then, but It's a Wonderful Life was not a Christmas classic in our house. Um, It was, you know, a classic movie that my grandmother enjoyed because she grew up during World War II and like that was her go-to for all things romance and happy movies and even sad movies. Best Years of Our Lives was around a lot too. Um, But, you know, that was just kind of her era that she was into. And that was how I saw it, not in the context of it being a Christmas, you know, because there are people who, oh, it's not Christmas if we haven't watched It's a Wonderful Life. And that just wasn't, that was never the vibe. Um, I didn't see it again until I was in my late 20s. So, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch. Was your grandmother still around when you finally saw it? Or was she already already passed? Um, She was, but um, she had Alzheimer's. So mm. she was not like chatting with me. Although it was really funny, the place where she ended up living, um, they had like their individual rooms and everything. And then downstairs, they had set up the big main area so that it looked kind of like a main street and they would pipe in music, like Glenn Miller band style music. And like it was little shop fronts and they could just walk around and hang out and chat with their friends and get an ice cream and <laughs> sit on a bench. But it was all like inside, so it was safe. And then, um, a really famous thing was the high school that was nearby would come and actually play a football game. They would play like the second half inside around Thanksgiving time. Oh, wow. So that they could go. And and, the, and then some of them would go out to football games that were nearby. But that was a little bit rare. But, yeah, that was a big thing. They would clear everything out and set up, you know, mark the lines and everything and play. I think it was half. I think it was the second half of a football game inside <laughs> for, the, for the old folks to enjoy. Um because, yeah, she was just trying to recreate <laughs> this era for themselves. Oh, wow. That, that's actually really cool. It's 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 somewhat heartwarming to think about the fact that they, you know, wanted to help bring back these memories, you know, for people in this old age. So, yeah. That, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, she wasn't aware. I just revisited it. I will say not to, like, break the magic of when this podcast airs, but it was very strange to watch this movie like on a warm day, <laughs> like on a just normal <laughs> evening. You you couldn't you couldn't like, get you couldn't get the uh, you know snow around Boston this time. No, yeah. no, not this time around. Um, but yeah, so that was my my first showings of it, multiple, <laughs> and uh, my most recent. Oh wow! Okay. All right. Very good. And now, is it a, a a Christmas staple for you, or or it's not, or just Die Hard is, you know, and that's it. No, um, I, I would consider this a go-to Christmas classic. Um, my absolute favorite, still gotta be in the black and white, I don't mess with that colorized nonsense, is the original Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. That's my favorite. Like, it cannot, because it bridges Thanksgiving to Christmas, and it cannot be Christmas without it. Um, I also love Christmas in Connecticut, another one around this time. Um, 
But I would say this is up there. And I feel like, you know, because it was such a stereotype of like, oh, it's on every year at Christmas. Like, it's easy to get your hands on around that time of year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, there's, I, a, there's a, I mean, I there, love... there's a reason why it was so okay. readily available. I mean, they, they, they didn't renew the copyright. And that's why all the TV stations, you know, were, were making bad copies of it. And they were able to show it for free. Yeah. <laughs> um. It sort of I makes I love sense. the way this minute starts, though, when he's like, oh, it's old home week and all the awkwardness. And I'm like, you are like two years older than these people. That's right. <laughs> but that is so how it is. Like, I am an older sibling. And it is. It's like, oh, you kids. And my sister's like, I'm in my 30s. Like, stop calling me a baby. <laughs> <laughs> And it is. It's like, oh, these kids. It's so awkward. I couldn't possibly. And it's like, George, <laughs> you are also a child. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, the, the craziest thing about it is, and we talked about this a little bit last week, how, you know, George George is like, nah, I don't really want to go, like you just said, because, you know, they're, they're it's all these kids, again, two years younger. And mm-hmm. and then Carrie says, he says, oh, there'll be a lot of girls. And like, how big of a town is Bedford Falls? You know, you'd think that they basically know everybody in Bedford Falls. You know, it's not like it's like it's New York and they say, okay, well, you know, maybe there'll be some people that you don't know there. I mean, this is, uh, you know, either this is homecoming or this is the the prom. I mean, they never really make it clear the name of this, of of this uh, gathering, you know. uh, Well, this is their. It's not prom, but it's it's graduation. Correct. Basically. Right. Exactly. But um, they never they never call it that. They just say it's the graduating class of nineteen twenty eight. That that's the yeah. You know that's the extent of it. You know, but the idea is that okay, so and it looks like they have a pretty big class. If the these are mostly you know kids from you know that are graduating. I don't think it's mostly kids that are graduating. I think there's a lot of this. Like I mean, as we can tell, everyone brought their older brothers and sisters. <laughs> uh, that's true. Also. Um, because Violet's there, as far as we know, she doesn't have a connection. Well, we don't know. We don't know how old Violet is. Violet, Violet could very well be the same age as Mary. Oh, she's also yeah. I guess that would make sense. You know, Um, because because you know, a few weeks ago we had the the whole conversation between Violet and Mary, how you know they're both mm -hmm. vying for George. You know, as as George is a uh, how George was a twelve year old, so we don't know if these girls were ten, eleven, twelve. You know, actually, we know that Mary yeah. is not the same age as George. So it is possible, yeah. you know, because Violet could have said, well, I'm older. I, sh- I should be able to get him or something like that at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do. I love this, though, because I don't know if you've ever experienced the old home week where, like, you go back to your hometown. It used to happen a Thanksgiving break and really Christmas break. Like, everyone would circle back in. And you'd be with your family for the holidays. But then there was that weird, like, in-between time where you would just run into people <laughs> at the store or, you know, when you got older at bars and stuff. In fact, um, I, one of my best friends, Joe, was always like, I don't want to go there. It's all going to be people from high school. I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I kind of, it's weird because it's like, what have they been doing? It's very weird because this is set up of that. This is Harry's graduation from high school mm-hmm. and George is older. But like, what's George been doing? No, George, George has been working in, in the building alone. That we know. Already? George, yes. George has been working for two years in the building alone. 
That that's what we know. To save up for college. Yes. Is that the? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, it was very confusing to me how all these guys are like, and I'm about to go off to college, and it's like, aren't you George's age? <laughs> no. What do you mean? They're they're all saying that they finished college. That's the that's the crazier thing. If they're only two years older, so how could Sam Wainwright already have finished college? Is Sam finished with college here? Okay, sorry. It, it, no, it makes it sound it makes it sound the way. Maybe it's just because he's still in college, but he, he's he is big man on campus. Okay. You know, we do have the, um, the fact. I mean, we'll get we'll get into it a little bit this week when when we start talking about it. But you know, uh, both Marty and Sam are already in college. And they're trying to convince okay. Harry that he should be going to their college. You know, that type of thing. Okay. So, I mean. You, I have a question. Go ahead. What happens to Marty? Poor Marty Hatch, who's like never mentioned again. Well, <laughs> that's right. He's never mentioned ever again. But what's even funnier is, um, what's Marty's sister's name? Mary. Okay. Mary, his, his, poor his, kids. His parents call, their parents call them Marty and Mary. You know, they're just. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's so therefore we know I that, that too. right. So therefore we know that Mary is not um the same age as George, obviously. Because if Marty is the same age as George, yeah. so she has to at least be a year younger, if not two years younger, along with everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I mean at the end of this week we'll find out exactly how old she is. You know, but uh it's just very strange the way that this whole thing goes. But let let's just go through the minute and we'll see where, where things uh go from there. So you know, we, we ended things on Friday with George actually saying hello to Violet. And then Violet's response is, hello, what am I bid? Okay. Does, it makes it sound as if, you know, they're, maybe they're having an auction for bachelorettes or something like that. It's just very strange. Why would she say, what am I bid? I think she's just being flirtatiously weird. Like, Violet always has that little extra va va boom going on that I kind of like that no one else seems to get it around her. <laughs> Um, well, uh, you can you can go back to what happened uh, a week and a half ago uh, when we, we talked about the fact that, that Bert saw her. And, you know, Bert said, I'm going to go home and visit my wife in the afternoon because I just saw Violet. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't really need to explain why. But, you know, uh, apparently, uh, you know, Bert, Bert's uh, faithful to his wife. But, you know, he, he does. Uh, every, well, actually, we know what everyone in Bedford Falls that sees Violet. I mean, we'll see this later on also. You know, people, I mean, she's obviously a very beautiful woman and therefore everyone seems to to, to want to be around Violet. But I think it's not just that she's beautiful. Like, yes, she is beautiful and that's what they're going for, that original thing. But it's the the way she owns it. Yes. That really just kicks her up a notch. Yes. And so introduce yourself like, what am I, be-? you know, like that's just some of those little like, ain't I a scamp? Ain't I a sexy scamp? <laughs> well, the, <laughs> I, I don't know because she's she's always. I mean, we we know that for the last uh, ten years or nine years, she's been running after George. Also, it's very interesting. I think she's been running after everyone. That's my convince that like George would be her first pick, but she's not sitting around waiting. For no, him. not at all. She's definitely not waiting around for him. I think I think she's not waiting around for him, and she wants to in some ways make him jealous, but he is oblivious. <laughs> yeah. Real, not realizing that that is impossible. Exactly. Yeah. Her face when Marty says, Oh, go dance with my sister is priceless. Yes. It's so funny. That's true. That's true. Now, I mean, did you notice that she has like something in her hand? It looks like, 
See, that's why I thought maybe it's like uh, they were auctioning off, uh, you know, bachelorettes or something like that, because she has what what looks like a note in her hand or something like that. So maybe it was like, you know, that's what she says. I'm, my understanding was, which is, what am I bid? Meaning, you know, uh, if you're going to buy me at this auction, you know, so how much are you going to? I think you're reading way too much. That That is like headcanon right there. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But this is this is like what, I mean, we saw it in Groundhog Day also. It's not as if it's something that's completely now, uh, out, out in left field. Back in the day, you would have the little card where you would keep track of who you were supposed to dance with. But that's like Jane Austen times. Yeah. Or maybe not Jane Austen times. That's like little women times. And I don't know if they were doing that in 1946 no but that would explain because later the guy's like hey this is my dance and like no but it seems as if he is you know he went there with her as not you know that that was my impression whatever we'll, we'll get there in a second oh but, i don't think she's there with anyone that guy cornered her we'll get to him we'll yeah get we to definitely him. <laughs> get him we have a lot to say about, i have a lot to say about it you know <sighs> and then you know george george is looking at the uh, violet and then we hear someone say george and he looks over and goes, Marty, well, it's old home week. Everyone starts greeting around and you hear, Marty, Sam, Harry, how you doing? And then that's when Marty does this very crazy thing that you mentioned. It's a very strange request. You know, they says, do me a favor, will you, George? What's that? You remember my kid sister, Mary? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, he go, and then uh, Sam goes, Mama wants you, Marty. Mommy wants you. <laughs> remember? You know, again, we talked about the fact that maybe there's a two-year difference between them. It's pretty funny that they're mimicking the way that she might have acted, you know, maybe a decade ago. As a kid, yeah. You know, this isn't something that, that just happened recently. And then Marty asked him, he goes, dance with her, will you? He goes, oh, me? Well, I feel funny enough already around all these kids. <laughs> and he goes, oh, come on, be a sport. Just dance with her one time, and you'll give her the thrill of her life. And then he calls out to her, hey, sis. Poor Mary. But everyone knows she has a crush on this guy, even her brother. That's right. But but it's funny that that her brother is gonna go over to one of his you know childhood friends and and try to convince him you know try to convince him to to have one dance with his with his little sister with his kid sister. You know it's just it's very strange the way that I mean I know that the plot needs it for them to do it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the, it goes back to the fact that, you know, I mentioned before that, that George is oblivious about Violet, but he's oblivious about Mary, too. You know, George, George is not, oh, yeah. not thinking well, about women. Like, no. And I think I, I mean, I grew up with a bunch of people where, like, we all kind of grew up together. And I could totally see us doing this, like someone being like, oh, go dance with Tyranny. You know, she has a crush on you. Come on. You'll make her day. She just graduated high school, for goodness sakes, give her a thrill, you know? <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's not like Marty goes over and is like, hey, George, marry my sister, will ya? Like, he's just, maybe he can tell that, maybe he's seen, like, we don't know that he didn't just come from seeing that Mary's been cornered by this guy and is like, oh my God, go save her, please. <laughs> right, okay, that is, that is <laughs> like, a possibility. I can't save her, it'd be weird. Like, she doesn't want to dance with her brother. But, like, I'll send over my friend. He's a good guy. He'll do it. Right. And get her out of there. Okay, there, there is something to that. Little like, knowing. Yeah. Little knowing the beautiful moment that's about to transpire. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Trying to, trying to figure out what's going to happen there. <laughs> hint, 
hint. <laughs> now, I, I've, I've <laughs> talked numerous times about the, the fact that that um, I've listened to the commentary of this movie. There, there's a film professor named uh, Janine Bassinger, who I, I reached out to, but she didn't respond to me. She she has done a commentary of this movie, and she talks about the fact that that one of the things in this scene that Capper does is that all of the characters seem to fill up the screen. Meaning that, that, you know, you start off with just one character there. And then as people show up, there's more and more. So it makes it seem as if on the one hand, there's more camaraderie, but on the other hand, it's also makes it seem as everything is very crowded, you know, and, and that George possibly doesn't have a choice, but to follow through with this type of thing. And then that beautiful, like, they lock eyes and everyone else disappears and it's just the two of them. <laughs> and like, and they didn't they don't play the music for that. It's the love at first sight movie except they've known each other before. <laughs> well, they've known each other as kids. And he again hasn't paid he yeah. I mean back when when you know I talked about this a few weeks ago you know when when he's in the soda shop with her you know she is driving him nuts but he again is oblivious even though he talks about wanting to have you know he's going to have uh what does he say three or four wives and a harem but he's oblivious <laughs> to the fact that there's this little girl who is madly in love with him i, I don't know how you're gonna yeah. i don't know how one will get a harem or numerous wives if you're just going to completely ignore them you know i don't know <laughs> so it's it's a little strange but okay you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll take it for what it is and then george says uh, don't be long marty I'm not being a wet nurse to a, and at this point he sees uh, Mary. Sees her. Yeah. And then the the you know mm-hmm. they they give us a, a different shot of things, and we see Mary, and she is talking <laughs> or she's listening to someone just talking his head off. <laughs> Okay. She is being talked to. It reminded me so much of that meme of the guy explaining something to a girl, and she's just. Like staring at the floor, like, oh my God, stop talking to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so we, we hear this guy say, The next thing I knew, some guy came up and tripped me. That's the reason why I came in fourth. And if it hadn't been for that, that race had, that race had been a cinch. I tried to find out who it was later, but I couldn't find out. And then he says, Nobody would ever tell you whoever it was because they'd be scared because they know what kind of guy I am. Now, do do you recognize this actor? No, I was wondering if you had any background on this guy. Ooh, wow! I am shocked that I'm actually able to to surprise you with this. Um, this is an actor who was very, very, very uh, popular uh, a decade earlier. Um, his his name is Carl Dean Switzer. Have you ever heard that name before? No. Okay, his screen name was Alfalfa. That one I know. <laughs> he is one of the main characters from Our Gang, the Little Rascals. I mean, he's great here. He reminds me so much of the uh, smarmy guy, the son of the hotel owner in Dirty Dancing, where he's just like, I'm so okay. cool, and girls love me, and I'm just the best. And meanwhile, it's just like, dude, you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And what's really funny is, is that, you know, he was this, this adorable love, you know, character from 10 years ago. And here he is, he seems completely uh, cast against type by playing this, this, this guy. I mean, we never, I don't think we ever find out his name, 
maybe the closest the closest is called Othello. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought you know it, it, if he if he would have had the, the the hair sticking up, maybe it would have been a little more recognizable. Definitely. No, I thought it was interesting because on the one hand, like it just shows like the the manners that everyone was expected to follow because. When Jimmy Stewart says, you know, oh, why don't you stop annoying people? His first response goes, oh, I'm sorry. And then he kind of realizes how insulting he's been. He goes, hey, like, it's such a great, like, delayed reaction to being insulted. So I think he's That's great. Right. He not only advances the plot, but he is he's great at it in this scene. Yes. Right. So uh, Carl uh, Switzer, so he was born in 1927. So at the time this movie came out, he was... 18 or 19, so it fits in mm-hmm. the age range. He, you know, had his, he was a child actor in the Our Gang short subject series as Alfalfa. And he ended up leaving the series in 1940. And then he wasn't able to find very many roles mm-hmm. because everyone wanted to typecast him as someone like, uh, like Alfalfa. Mm-hmm. And so he got a whole bunch of small parts in in B movies and stuff like that. And then he ended up leaving show business and becoming a dog breeder and a hunting guy and a hunting guide. And in 1959, he actually got into a fight, an argument with someone over uh, a dispute over money. And he was actually murdered. Hmm. Interesting thinking about the fact that, you know, someone like Alfalfa was, you know, ended, ended up the way that he ended up. You know, I mean, we, we all know about the, you know, the, what Saturday Night Live, Live did with, with Buckwheat. But, you know, the, the, the irony of them, you know, talking about Buckwheat getting shot and, you know, Alfalfa was actually the one who, who got shot is, uh, mm. is a little interesting to, to think about. Yep. At this point, George walks over to Mary and Mary is not paying any more attention to, to Alfalfa. She hands him her. And then Marty <laughs> says, and, uh, then Marty says, you remember George? This is Mary. Well, I'll be seeing you, and that'll be the last we're going to ever see of, of Marty. <laughs> but again, oh, Marty's hardly why, he'll be back Marty McFly in, you know, in uh, nine years. What a nice so, name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, it's such cool a nice man. name. Let's name, our, let's name our third child after him. Yeah. It's such a nice name. <laughs> exactly. Um, George just looks at her, and it's funny that, that Marty has to actually introduce her, because again, Goes back to the small town thing. He knows who Mary is. He doesn't really need to be introduced to her. You know, it's a little strange that they do it this way, but I think it's more for us than than for the the characters themselves. And there might be. You know, they're now saying, okay, this is that little girl that we saw a few weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think there is, maybe there's part of Marty that like, isn't sure. You know, he knows that George isn't interested in girls, hasn't been part of this. And, you know, we're going to say she's like, oh, you pass me on the street all the time. But maybe there's a little part of him that's worried on Mary's behalf that George doesn't recognize, doesn't know who she is. Now, I mean, the way they're staring at each other. Come on, Marty, read the room. But like there could be that little part of protective older brotherness where it's like, you know who she is, right? My sister who's got a crush on you. You're not going to break her heart, right? Like. <laughs> Um, exactly <laughs> I, I could see i could see that you know that like just in case you're totally oblivious like even more than i thought let me make sure that you know 
this is my sister Mary. <laughs> um, and then of course yeah. he sees looks on their faces and is and says, I'm out of here. That's right. And 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 I love George's response. He goes, Well, well, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Alfalfa just sort of ignores the fact that George is there and says, Now to get back to my story, see? And then we, we hear music start to play. And then George just, just takes Mary's hand and they start dancing. And then Alfalfa goes, hey, this is my dance. And then, as you mentioned earlier, George looks at him and goes, oh, why don't you stop annoying people? And he goes, well, I'm sorry. And then he does a double take and goes, hey. <laughs> Wait, why am I sorry? <laughs> That's You're right. the one being rude. <laughs> That's right. And then the, the two of them start to dance. They they move away from him and start to dance. And we see the scowl on his face that he is uh, a little perturbed about this whole thing. And that's how this minute ends. Did you have anything else you want to say about this minute? No, I said it's going along. <laughs> Great. So uh, since it's Monday, our segment is uh, Capra Monday, where my guests will give their top five Frank Capra uh, directed movies. Uh, so, Tierney, why don't you start with your number five and work your way up? Oh, good. Okay. Um, just to lose all credibility with your audience for number five, uh, because I realized as I was looking down those, I'm sure I saw some of these as a kid, and I just don't remember them. Number five, I have Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Can I tell you anything about Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? No, I cannot. But I can tell you that one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons is Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. I looked it up. It's uh, season three, (laughs) episode two. It's one of the absolutely classic Simpsons episodes. Like, you just, you have to see it at some point if you haven't. And um, it's wonderful. And for influence alone, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is my number five. (laughs) Um, Okay. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen the, the Eddie Murphy remake? No, I and I like I saw Mr. Deeds too, and I was just like, I'm sure I saw those at some point as a kid. Um, same for my number four. <laughs> I have no memory of this movie, but I can guarantee you that I saw it. Uh, I have it happened one night, uh, which is another like just incredibly influential on the history of film. Like, you don't yeah. you don't grow up in in a house with uh, fancy movies and not end up seeing it happened one night. And I love cables so sure uh and bugs bunny (laughs) number three i have it's a wonderful life um this movie it's funny because i watched it with my husband and afterwards he's like that movie's really strangely structured like everyone talks about like the last 10 minutes and it's over two hours long (laughs) and i don't think it's so much that it's strangely like i get what he's doing with the different like acts kind of but I, I get that. I was like, this is a beautifully shot, beautifully made movie. But I was saving saving those higher spots. Uh, okay. Number two, I have That's Arsenic fair. and Old Lace. Arsenic and Old Lace is a collect. Like, it's just, it's just a wonderful film. It's a wonderful film. <laughs> uh, <Yes>. It's <laughs> it's so good. I highly recommend it. And number one, my top Frank Capra film is kind of a cheat. It's all the war shorts. I wasn't going to sit there and try and differentiate between Know Your Enemy Japan and This Is Europe or whatever they're called. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. But I was a military history major in college, and I took a 
course that was propaganda in film case study world war ii and because the word film was in the title everyone wanted to take that class thinking it was you watch movies and write essays on them how easy because of that the teacher made it an incredibly hard course one of the hardest classes i ever took but it was so worth it and we watched all those and i'm actually on the wait list at the library for the book five came back which is about the directors who went and made these war stories. oh that is such a have you seen i'm assuming you've seen that miniseries i have so about five came back so i have it so that's the thing i have it on my like to-do list so uh, spoiler alert we're recording this a little bit ahead of the holidays and i have a kid at home so the summer is a wasteland for me and i don't get to watch or see or read anything so I'm slowly catching up on my to read and to watch list. Um, but five came back, kept coming up, kept coming up. But it was like, oh, I got it. I got it. I got to get this. Um, and and the Frank Capra war shorts are are just like, you know, you I, I was joking, like, what makes this a Capra-esque journey? And if you want to like, and I think you see a little bit of this in this movie later, you're going to see some shots that are like, basically take like recreated from those shorts and it was just mm-hmm. so i don't know it was so distilled down to its essence i i always think of um because i did a podcast on apocalypse now and the stories that come out you know originally george lucas was going to make that and his plan was to make it on 16 millimeter black and white documentary style and i think those shorts were very influ- would have been very influential on that Obviously, Francis Ford Coppola went in a slightly different direction. <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, so that's I put that for number one and I just kind of lumped them all together. I mean, there's there's like eight, I want to say <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, wow. OK, that's great. All right, Tierney, you want to tell people where they can find you? Sure. Uh, the easiest way to find me is to go to onesteelsister.com, O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. Uh, that has links to my shows, including the Apocalypse Now Minutes, which I did with Chris Frayne. I also did a podcast on Close Encounters of the Third Kind with him. So uh, we have range. <laughs> and uh, I've done a, a bunch of other of these Movies by Minute podcasts. I have so much fun doing them. So that's kind of the easiest place to find all the links there. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. Life with its sorrow. Life with its tears